Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched several things this week, starting with episode 6 of The Book of Boba Fett. Major, major, major spoiler alert for that one. Please have seen the episodes, please have seen the season to this point. We don't, we don't want to be the ones who ruin that for you. We also watched the first three episodes of the new Hulu miniseries Pam and Tommy, which follows Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and the release of their sex tape, so spoiler alert for those three episodes. And finally, we watched the new Roland Emmerich masterpiece, Moonfall. Major spoiler alert for that one, but there's also a high probability that you aren't going to ever see that, so you might have fun listening anyway, but we want to give a heads up that we do discuss some of the plot points in finer details. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion as there are a couple of quick follow-up points, and without further ado, here's We're Watching What? I was about to say Mandalorian again, but Book of Boba Fett, but really Mandalorian. You know, second greatest or greatest episode we've had so far? (laughs) (laughs) Do you be the judge? How are we feeling? Matt, Matt, I want to start with you. Are you so excited? I don't, I have no idea who that blue person was, but I assume you were over the moon. Jackie, yes, you as well, but you know. Yeah, I mean, Matt was was, more excited. It was pretty, I was pretty stoked to see him. I, uh, I've. He is one that I've been trying to manifest over my, over my uh, my seances I've been having my invocations. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, I have my little Funko toys lined up, and there are four plus a plus a, a summoning circle. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he is one, and I was very excited that it, it worked. So I would like to uh, you know take credit. So you're welcome to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. really, that's all the only reason it happened. Yeah, but yeah, no, uh, mm-hmm. it was really exciting. I mean, it was like right when. Right when he appeared in the distance, I saw that hat and I was like, oh my God, they, they can't. is it, is it, is it going to be? And then it was, and it was just wonderful. He's, he's a, it's very exciting. I have no idea who it was, but I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's got some, some history, history. obviously, okay. obviously Clone Wars and stuff. And he's appeared elsewhere too, but he's got some history with some different characters. It's just interesting as I don't know, obviously we'll talk about what his involvement here and where we think it's going and stuff, but I'm hoping that this is not his end. I think it's interesting also to point out that he's got some major beef with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, okay. Could be a good and, cr- Yeah. And he's got beef with Fennec Shand. Oh. And it's, it, you know, so I mean, it'll, that'll be kind of exciting to see the culmination of that in this. But I wondered about with Obi-Wan coming, I wondered. I if like, that hmm. was a, a bridge. Is hmm. is he a, that's not a pike. What a pike looks like no. without a mask, right? He's just a completely different. He's a, a, a Duros, I think. D-U-R-O-S. Or, okay. Um, yeah, no, he's, you've actually seen his, his uh, species or whatever you want to call it, his race. You've seen it, them in, other, I think they're even in the cantina in New Hope. Oh, okay, um, yeah. They, they're around, but yeah, yeah, usually they don't have like the, the face stuff and like, you know, they just look like aliens, you know? Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I mean, cutting right to it, speaking of figures, we do all know and recognize the return of creepy CG Luke. <laughs> and then we got a girl Ahsoka who we all thought was not going to be in the series yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because I think we were talking about even that like she had shared pictures of herself you, like, yeah you called it costume. <laughs> we're like huh interesting you know so it was just funny to see her kind of immediately thereafter but yeah I had my little struggles with it I'm always excited to see her but I was kind of we left her with such this like fiery like where the f is thrown like i gotta get him and blah blah and i'm like why are you just taking this little detour here like well get get on to business uh so i was making me feel antsy but of course i always like to see her <laughs> well i was like how dare you madam how dare you try and separate the two of these people <laughs> no i was very upset at her parenting techniques i was very upset at luke's parenting techniques <laughs> you know like i mean look, we're not gonna be happy unless the baby is with mando correct. let's be very honest yes. but i think that i mean we have to give Ahsoka some grace I mean clearly she saw exactly what happened with Luke's father and how his attachments like ruined everything so you know in some ways I can think that she would be very hesitant to let someone with with strong attachments continue I think the biggest bummer um about the storyline and like watching it happen you know sort of in real time is just you know this new trilogy kind of goes nowhere and you know we can't like it's hard because we know what happens already. The Jedi, you know, Luke does, you know, gets his academy and does train them in the old ways of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then it ends up not being great, right? And not right. really helping anything. And so it's just sort of like, it's like exciting and like interesting because like obviously, I, I mean, I don't know what anyone else thinks, but I guess I think it's very obvious he won't be staying with Luke, you know, just from a 
production standpoint, it's pretty time consuming and awful to use that sort of CGI that they have to do. And it did look better, I think, this time than it did before. Um, but I think I that like debate you on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm no expert, of course. But I, I would say that like they're not gonna do a whole show of that for sure, you know. Um, so well, and their bread and butter is Grogu, so like you know, right. and Mando together. So there's no reason, there's no way they're not gonna end up together at some point soon. I would assume we're gonna take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. So is your official guess that Grogu picks the chainmail and not um, the lightsaber? So effectively choosing to go with Mando, not yeah. I mean, I don't know if it happens. I guess in this next episode, I kind of in some ways hope it doesn't just because sure in general yeah, I do yeah. yeah but in general like I think Grogu is going to end up you know hanging out with Mando more often right and you know and they made the little chainmail vest we have to see him in it like you can't do that to us it's it's know? a different toy you can sell you know you're, there's no yeah. way they're not gonna yeah exactly so I mean yeah I don't know when it happens or what happens in between or whatever but yeah I think he ends up with Mando uh, Matt, which do you, where do you fall on? I see it a tiny bit differently. I think he, I think he chooses the, the chainmail, and I, I've, I've been saying all week. I was, or since I was like, yeah, there's no way we're we're not gonna get a Funko with him wearing this thing. Like we're gonna see him in this chainmail. So right. either way, I think he's he's going to choose that. But I don't, I don't necessarily see it culminating in a okay, he's buddy buddy like him and Mando forever type of thing. I, I see it more as him taking an alternative route to what Luke is suggesting. When I look at Ahsoka being involved here, it's interesting because you could say, okay, it's kind of fan service to have her here. It was it was a big moment for, especially for Clone Wars fans to see her with Luke in the same frame, you know, you know, and it's like, yeah. she has such a history with Anakin. She's got a pretty big history even with Padme. And uh, it's interesting, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, it was kind of touching and, you know, whatever to see that. But what's interesting about Ahsoka is she actually didn't witness Anakin's fall because she wasn't part of the Jedi Order anymore. And so she knows mm. she knows now that it had happened, but she thought Anakin was dead. And she encounters him again as Darth Vader at some point, and it's very traumatic for her. But, but it's not something where she's, I think, aware, oh, Anakin went down this path because of attachments. You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. But, but she... It was, it, I don't know, I kind of went over it in my head a lot watching while she was here. And I'm like, God, she's sitting here and she's witnessing what we know is Luke making the same exact mistakes that the Order had made. But then I started thinking about it. And her issue with the Jedi Order is so much about trust mm-hmm. and things because of something that ha- what happens to her and why she chooses to leave it. It's not as much about, oh, you shouldn't have attachments. So it's interesting to think about her being someone who was raised there as a Padawan but has taken a different path and I think does see the merit in the structure that was given, but thinks it got to a place that was toxic. And so I think she's having a lot of belief and faith that Luke is not going to take it to a toxic place. And I think that's Mm -hmm. probably true. I don't think he will. What I think is key here is that the Grogu thing by the end there, he's giving him a choice. And I think it's key that Ahsoka says at one point that, She's like, I don't control the choices of others. And she right, says, right, like, right. he, she's like, I, I brought, you know, I, I made, wanted him to get to Luke because he asked for this. Like he wanted to be trained, continue his training. And she's like, and that's, I can't do the training. I can't train him in the way he wants to be trained, which is what he was used to seeing at the temple. Right. So it's this interesting thing where I think she's loving the idea that, that he may choose against what Luke is advising in that it's kind of this symbolic of this new opportunity for force users that are not all Jedi. Right. Uh, and so I think that there's a world where after we get Ahsoka's show and kind of see this whole culmination, and I'm assuming we'll see Ezra Bridger, things like that, another Jedi who was not, he's not an official Jedi, but not raised by conventional methods at all. His, his adopted master was someone who was fully in a relationship with someone else as a force user. So it's like this thing where these non-conventional ways of thinking that are kind of like you can have attachments you can have things but you just and you know but you're it's not as sticky and and strict and so i don't know i think that we're going to see ahsoka with the baby no i think it would be really cool if that happens you know i'm pro moving forward in the jedi religion or whatever and force users and i think i think some of the most interesting because i haven't seen all of clone wars as you know 
But some of the most interesting episodes were about clone or Force-sensitive cultures, you know, that don't follow the Jedi religion, right? And so I think it's really, it would be so cool if we explored a lot more of that. When I say that the baby will end up with Mando, I don't think that they're walking off into the sunset and, like, being together forever or anything like that. But I do think they'll be part of each other's life in some way. It's funny because there's, I mean, there's a lot of cultures that have this. There's a Chinese ceremony that happens on a baby's first birthday and you put a bunch of things in front of them and that's supposed to indicate what their what their career or what their life is supposed to take, right? Aww. So like, oh, if there's money, you're affluent. And if it's like a book, you're a scholar. Or, you know, over the years, people have added more things. So now it's like, if it's a stethoscope, you're going to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> which what was not in ancient China. What did we just um, see that in though, Dana? Wasn't, was it Bling Empire or something? Like, didn't we yeah, see yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was yeah. like, I know this. Yes, <laughs> I love it. and it's, yeah. it's also in like, you know, there, the office does a mm-hmm. brief uh, thing where Dwight puts like a beat in front of the kid or something like that, or like a dollar. Um, yeah, there's plenty of cultures that have these things, uh, but it did make me think of this. And I was like, no, Luke, how dare you? How dare you impose this upon uh, Grogu? But I, I get the sense one in part because we do sort of know where Luke's destiny goes that I don't think Grogu is going to be his first student because I might, this is just going off of only having seen the movies that maybe it make it forces Luke to sort of double down on more traditional teaching. And that is what eventually leads to the downfall we see through Kylo Ren, you know, because he's going to be like, okay, well, I, oh, I, can, I only know how to teach this way. And this is what's going to happen. As opposed to if he had not forced Grogu to make this choice and tried to be more, I don't know, accommodating or understanding of different methodologies, then, you know, maybe that's, that would have been a completely different universe. But also, I just want them reunited. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah, I totally see that. And and I and I agree with that. And I, I, I took Ahsoka's swaying Mando away from going to see the child I took that kind of as a almost like not a test for him but a little bit but kind of like she's not necessarily sanctioning that the child cannot have any attachments or anything like that but she's literally saying he asked for this to be trained he has to be trained by Luke and the methods are going to dictate that he can't have attachments so seeing you is going to make it difficult for him doesn't mean she's like you shouldn't see him you know it's just yeah she asked asked it in a fair way right it was like is this for you or is this for him I appreciate it No, and I like I it that, too. Yeah, and I think that her being there shows that she has her own little attachment forming, and she also feels concerned with the future of things. I, you know, I think it's just there. Yeah, there's more to be seen with her and 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 the baby, and potentially Luke. Because I also kind of I, I agree that the the technology is a lot to invest in, but I also don't think it's out of the question that we would be getting like a Skywalker Academy show. Oh God, please no! I just don't think it's out of the question. I know I I know you're right. I, but I just love find an it. academy show. I am so the opposite. Love it. Would love to see it. Baby Kylo doing his thing. I'd be fine to see it. I just don't want creepy DHCG Luke because I do think he was better than the last episode we saw him in. But I the more I watched, the more I was like, oh, his eyebrows do not move. It is yeah. super uncanny. Like they've done a better job mapping the the mouth, but. It's just, it's super creepy because he should be, emo- even if you're trying to be like stoic, whatever, Luke, when you blink, your eyebrows move a little bit. When you do, when you smile or talk, your your face moves. The muscles are okay. connected and they didn't animate that. And I was just like, oh, please. Yeah, I don't know. I would like a Jedi Academy kind of thing, but I, I do, I don't know if I want Luke in it, but I don't know how they do it without Luke. So right. here we are in the same, in the same breath. I also want to say I hope that the the baby's uh, journey here ends up including one uh, Maz Kanata because mm-hmm. I think that she mm-hmm. is a we cool example. Yeah, yeah, something that's not she's not explored as much as I want her to be, but also yeah, at least as far as my and readings and experiences within the universe go, she's the oldest being as far as spanning the most amount of time in the stories that we've encountered as fans. And so she was alive way the hell back in the day and is still alive and kicking really well by the time we get to the sequel trilogy, which is as far as we've really gone, right? So I forgot about her. (laughs) Yeah, so it's something where I love that she's a Force user who is not a Jedi. Yeah. She's just kind of, she does her own thing, has always kind of walked her own path. And I think it would be really interesting to see Ahsoka encounter her, but also what kind of adventures the baby might get into Yeah, after meeting someone like that. I also got to say, like, I was so happy when the baby was trying to eat the frogs because I love Snackums time. 
But then when we started doing the flips and the thing, I was just, I was like, no, make it stop. I miss tiny puppet moments. Like this is just, I, I cannot, I cannot. (laughs) Some of it was a bit much for me and I was getting a little anxious because as, as you both know, I'm very, very invested in the story on Tatooine. And so this was not my favorite episode as a whole, largely mm. because of that. I thought, I, you know, I was fine seeing the baby. I did not think in this show we necessarily had to, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I was fine yeah. seeing him, and I'm, I'm happy to see it all. But the whole time I was like, I, I know these episodes are not the longest, and I didn't want to – I I was very tempted to, like, just touch my remote to see, like, on the bar, like, how much time we have left. Because I'm like, please, please take us to Tatooine. So by the time we got to the actual training jumping around and that thing shoot that I was like oh my god why are we doing this but I did see something online that was talking about hey you know how like in Clone Wars how there's the main plot and then you'll have these episodic arcs that are a total kind of like oh here's this character going and doing this thing whatever but they then you eventually get back to the plot and it is like it's kind of like the structure of it and this is not a defense of the how they're doing it in this show but the person was like what if these episodes in Book of Boba, or what if Book of Boba Fett is that arc and it's all to show it's feeding back into the grander story, which is the story of the Mandalorian? Yeah. So I saw something that was when they first announced it that apparently said they're like, oh, it's kind of like Mandalorian 2.5, you know, chapter mm-hmm. or, or season 2.5. And with that context, I'm like, oh, okay. Why did we have so many episodes with just Boba? Why did we call why did we call it the Book of Boba Fett? But then yeah. thinking, I was like, okay, well, technically speaking, the just because we call Din the Mandalorian, you know, mm-hmm. there are there are a bunch of people who are Mandalorians, you know. Maybe this is now falling under that umbrella of Yeah. It's gonna apply to more people than well, because that's the thing is we can't forget. I mean, Boba's not a Mandalorian, but he's offensive for wearing the armor, but then Grogu's Right, a but it it involves now. like maybe the definition and, of Mandalorian is expanding because well, Grogu's exactly. a foundling and mm-hmm. you know Well, and essentially I I looked at it and I thought, okay, what what was the the basis of the Din episode and now the basis of this episode that features the baby so much? I, you know, touched on it with the Din thing about kind of like echoing Boba's story, the tribesman without a tribe, trying to find a home, like, you know, a family and a unit and trying to find a new purpose. And I think this kind of does a very similar thing with Grogu, where it's like giving him that choice at the end is kind of showing, hey, he's going to choose the thing that's going to make him actually happier. And that's what that is, is family. Mm-hmm. And something in a place of belonging that isn't just all about his abilities. And I think that if you look at it, it's interesting, Boba Fett, as a character is the complete example of that. What he's trying to establish here and what he's been looking for ever since his father died has been a place of belonging and, and trying to have something, you know, and and here he's choosing to take over, to try to take over the syndicate and run it in such a way that's not focused all on crime, I think. And he's chosen to take in Fennec and chosen to, employ her in such a way that makes it so that she doesn't have to be a bounty hunter anymore because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be a bounty hunter so it's echoed when you look at what din is doing and then now the choice before grogu where it's like do you want to do this thing that you are supposed to do by the book or do you mm-hmm. want to kind of walk your own path right yeah I'm so, not sure. i think it's the most effectively done thing of all time not saying no, no, no. Okay, just I guess, I, that's yeah, kind of I, what they're doing that's probably the intention yeah um, i mean it makes sense it's just kind of one of those things where it feels very bizarre that the penultimate episode of you know um, book of boba fett didn't have boba fett in it which is fine by me well it or did briefly. a little but yeah very briefly yeah, it, it had more than the last episode <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, and it's like, I'm here for it. I enjoy the furthering of the Mandalorian story. Um, Like I said, you know, I I really enjoy that. So I'm excited to see this next episode, see how everything sort of fits together. If we can get, you know, uh, maybe maybe it'll fit together better than we expected to. Or maybe it'll just be what's happening on Tatooine, which I'm also curious to see how that, you know, keeps going. But I would hope that maybe... Maybe the end of this last episode, they'll announce when the next season of Mandalorian happens. Yeah, because I guess the next episode's our last one, I think. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. Unless we get some surprise. I think, obviously, with the ending of this, going back to like a Cad Bane and kind of where it all went, do either of you feel a certain way about exactly what's to come or based on what we've been talking about before? I think coming from the perspective of someone who has not watched Clone Wars and stuff like that, it does not give me as much... I'm not as excited and not in a bad way, but I'm just like, 
I'm not as invested because I don't have the context for this character. You know, obviously it's a cool, freaky alien who had a, we did a good, bad, and the ugly standoff and Timothy Oliphant was back and yay and all that stuff. I'm like, it doesn't tell me that about more shit going down necessarily than is already sort of in play. You know, the ramific- the, the implications of it are not as clear to someone who has not seen the extended stuff. But also acknowledging that like, if you do know all about that stuff, it's probably really exciting. I'm really hoping for big gang of bounty hunters and we just get like a bunch of different bounty hunters from a different bunch of different places for this big, you know, okay corral yeah. battle that happens shortly. I mean, I'm assuming there's gonna be some sort of battle in this last episode. So that's I'm hoping more bounty hunters show up, you know, that we know in different places and Yeah, what I, I what I really worry cool. about is when we look at the bounty hunters in the grand scheme of Star Wars, Cad Bane has a much bigger history with bounty hunters working alongside him than Boba Fett does. And so I be against Boba. But it might be interesting. Gladiators is Well, I think I'm thinking gladiators. I'm thinking there could be a couple different bounty hunters, of course, but you know, I mean and then of course I I always dream and wish that Ara Singh is still alive, even though we've heard she's dead. But if she was alive, it'd be very interesting because she trained Boba Fett in the ways of bounty hunting, but she's a big ally of Cad Bane. Well, so it's interesting. This is having picked up bits from, you know, our discussion over the last few months. The other thing that we are not factoring in is the explosion at Madame Garza's. My queen. Right. Does that tip, you know, whether or not she's Crimson Dawn, does that tip her to engage in, you know, some of this and join forces with, I would assume, Boba since somebody has attacked her place of business. And so it was like, oh, is that another ally against the Pikes? You know, that's just another, I think, factor. Well, I I exist in a world where I believe that she's alive, and I hope she's alive. It seems very, I mean, the way they did that, she was right next to the bomb as it's exploding. Oh, you think Garza might be dead? I hope she's alive. I exist in a world oh. where I think she's alive. I mean, I'm literally wearing a Garza shirt right now, like trying to <laughs> manifest her being alive. I I think that she, I you know, I believe full, full heartedly that she's that Crimson Dawn and all that stuff, but... I think that when we look at what, what happened and the pikes going in there and blowing it up, I can't really think of a full-on reason why they would do that unless what I've been saying about her being Crimson Dawn or something bigger is true. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're just, you're, so you're just going to go in there and blow up a bar. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, there's there's a reason there. And she was obviously very nervous about the fact that they came in there and all this stuff. And so I, I think, I hope she's alive. And I think we didn't see a body, so she should be. You know, we're watching a show after Boba Fett punched his way out of a Sarlacc pit. So I believe that Garza could potentially survive an explosion somehow. But anyway, yeah. whatever happens, I think that if I get my ultimate dream of my Lady Kira showing up uh, as the leader of Crimson Dawn still, I believe it would, I, I think that Crimson Dawn will be something that will happen like at the end. I think I, I, I lean more toward gladiators helping Boba and mm-hmm. honestly, Tuscans. because here's the thing. And my, I was talking to my sister a lot about this and I know she, she kind of, I think put this theory in my head too, but she, it's like, you don't see that badass lady Tuscan who was dressed mostly in black and was doing all that stuff. You don't see her body lay in there when you see the dead mm-hmm. Tuscans. And so I believe that who knows how that, I think we're going to, I think Cad Bane killed the Tuscans, and that may, makes me very sad because I really like him. He's diabolical, but I'm, <laughs> so he would, but it makes me sad. I think that we'll see some of it in a flashback, which makes me more sad. But I think that some of them probably got away, and we know they're not the only Tuscans in existence. So I could see right. them going and finding others and helping leading an uprising. That's going to surprise because Boba just. Oh, yeah, we have to. I mean, the thing is, is like all the Tuscan stuff we learned has to pay off somehow. So we hope. And I, I'm here for that. I, I think that'd be really cool. I will also throw in there that Cad Bane has a really diabolical little buddy robot named Toto that is always with him, and I did not see Toto. Him. Really hoping that Toto is alive and well. I just want to say that right now. Maybe they don't like sand. Okay. So two, two final questions as we wrap up on Mandalorian. Do we think that we will see a Rancor in this next episode? And also... Do we think Max Rebo is okay? Do we think he was off that night or do we think he was playing and it's been exploded? And this is what took Max Rebo out. <laughs> yeah, so one, yes, I think we'll see the Rancor and I think Boba will hopefully be riding uh, said Rancor. And two, I just really hope it was his day off or something because I don't, I did not see him in the bar. 
but he could be there, but I did not see him. There was a droid playing the drums, and there was those weird things playing the weird clarinet things, and <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I really hope he's still We didn't, this. we didn't, yeah, I absolutely believe there'll be more Rancor, and I also fully believe Max is alive and well. Um, we didn't see a body. I think, it may have been his you night know, off. <laughs> it's, it's definitely his night off, or he was taking a break, you know? I think he, you know, uh, is immortal and um, should be protected. And so yeah. hopefully uh, the showrunners feel the same. Yeah. I, Maybe Max rules behind everything. I don't know. Very, very last thought, speaking of the showrunners, when I saw at the end it was Dave Filoni, I was like, uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew going in, I was like, I knew he okay. wrote on it. Well, I knew he wrote on it. And I was like, okay, that probably means he directed it, but they don't yeah, really pronounce yeah. that beforehand. So I was like, okay. We're, yeah. There's going, I, I just went into it very like, there is going to be something from clone wars or rebels introduced here <laughs> like and, oh, yeah that's and there was and there was and it was gad bane and but also, then also the baby and the baby and all the things yeah i kept, I kept texting somebody during it. i was like my baby <laughs> <laughs> it's very um, satisfying our, yeah well we'll have to we'll have to see what happens next week i'm excited i think we're all this is this is it did what it was set out to do it got me back in bring in boba fett or not boba yeah. fett bring in din and and you know grogu brought me back in yeah no i i i am happy to hear that and i think it's exciting to see the future and i think you know there's still mysteries and we'll see the baby of course i mean we still have to learn exactly who saved the baby and order 66 went off and all these things and i think that we're going to. they've yeah, definitely yeah. teased enough they definitely did and i have my well. major theories about it and i can't wait <laughs> i'm excited switching gears to another uh legendary cg performance slash possibly practical puppet performance <laughs> we watched pam and tommy oh, on God. hulu about pamela anderson and tommy lee how did how are we how did we feel about it kind of irritated oh really yeah, I, okay. say, I i i enjoyed the first episode well enough like it was fine it's giving me vibes of of american crime story mm-hmm. you know ryan murphy uh, yeah and I felt like it absolutely could have fit into that his repertoire of things, but you know, it just it was fine. I'm liking it. Okay, I don't I'm whatever. But then I, that the the puppeteering slash CGI whatever that you're talking about, I just there is such a thing as too far. There just is, and it's not about the fact that it was male genitalia. I don't give a shit. Like show whatever you want, but it was so stupid. <laughs> I just I couldn't. Yes. I just couldn't. And I was like, you just cheapened this whole thing so much. Yeah, I really, I actually thought I would like it a lot more than I have. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fine. I'm just not super compelled by the story. I guess maybe because I know the story, but I thought that it would be more interesting to sort of get more details about it because it's like, I didn't follow along that all that well back in the day. But, you know, mostly kind of bored and just sort of like mm. not loving the, I don't know, the puppetry was dumb. I, I, <laughs> the first episode was okay, but like I couldn't figure out like, okay, so it's not really going to be about Tommy and Pam. And then, you know, I don't know. And then episode two rolls around. And so I I accidentally started with episode three. And to episode three's credit, I made it about 15 minutes in when I was – and it made sense in part because <laughs> I have the, the context of knowing mm-hmm. that this thing happened. I was like, oh, this is an interesting storytelling device where, that we're going to, you know, we're going to start with trying to sell the tape and then we're going to, I assume they were like going to go backwards and be like, this is how we got it. And then I was like, oh, wait, I clicked the wrong thing. Which honestly would have been very assassination of Gianni Versace. Yeah, yeah it's true. And, and, I mean, it was almost more compelling this way. And then yeah. finding out that like, oh, you know, Seth Rogen's character had been effectively wronged. I do think he was wronged, you know, and, but I I have to give the show credit for turning Lily James into what I remember Pamela Anderson looking like, you know, it's, it's truly impressive because she's, you know, a tiny little British girl and then turning her into, I was like Googling what they did to her face. And it was like, okay, good. There are prosthetics involved because that was going to be the most impressive makeup job, like just makeup job if I'd ever seen, if it was just purely done that way. But yeah, yeah and the same goes, same goes for uh, uh, Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee. I was like, they both look like what I remember those two looking like. If that yeah, makes Sebastian's sense. Sebastian's a little a little less for me than her in the way that yeah yeah yeah. I think his performance is good, but I I'm looking and I I see Sebastian Stan's face, and it's really just the styling and walking around in the thong all the time that I'm kind of like, <laughs> okay, 
but uh but with her i do not see lily james i do not hear her i do not see her at all yeah like not even a little bit. yeah she's done an an excellent job of melting into that character for sure for some reason and i don't know if this is even true but i picture tommy lee a little bulkier than um oh that's funny i had the opposite i thought he was skinnier yeah i don't know and it could just be like you know he's notorious and i don't really <laughs> well, I'm um, saying that's that's it. It's like he's, yeah, yeah. Well, so it's very skinny and yeah. I know this is getting nitpicky, but it's the only one of us who actually, you know, not a bad way, just doesn't have tattoos. The thing that stood out to me about like Tommy's makeup and, and well, Sebastian's dance makeup is that all the tattoos look like they they are the same level of ink. Like they're, you know, they've been put on at the same time, right? Because like as with real tattoos, like again, my assumption is, you know they start to fade a little bit. And so if you've had one longer than another, it's going to be a little more faded than the other ones. But his all look like they are like freshly slapped on. And and, and they also just like don't quite move the same way a real tattoo, I think, would on your skin. But so that that's, it's it's so nitpicky, but it, it does yeah. stand out to me. Whereas she, I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, I could see that. I, I imagine he probably got a lot of his tattoos at a similar time in his life, which is around this rock stardom, but. Oh, sure, but, you know, but, yeah. I, I would imagine those, like, full back tattoos take a couple sessions even, right? Oh, sure, like, sure, yeah. yeah. I don't know, this, is, this isn't nitpicking. No, but, totally, yeah. But, yeah. But it, you know, it, it's 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 well done for what it wants to be. I think I'm I'm compelled enough to where I'll probably continue watching and see. I don't, I don't think it's that many episodes. Uh, so far, I do, I do agree that Seth Rogen's character was wronged, but it kind of took long enough to get to the point of selling this tape and then not giving us another episode that's so far just based off the three mm-hmm. it feels a little bit like we're, we're we're being made to sympathize a little too much with this guy who's a, who's awful even though yeah. i know tommy lee was awful to him it's this thing where it's like but pamela anderson is the one who i think we're going to explore this but she's the one who who, who was the most here. wrong oh yeah she, she didn't do anything to him and so yeah. I think that that and, and she's the one that anyone's going to care to see in this where they're all like, oh, every man's going to want to see this. It's like, you know, that it's about that. So it, it's this kind of thing where I don't like that. It's so far. I wish we got to the point of them learning that the tape had been sold so we could start to see that we are going to be sympathizing. with Yeah, we well, and, you know, I, I haven't seen the rest of it yet, but I have heard that the top criticism of it is that, you know, it's trying to be on her side a little bit I don't know but it doesn't actually effectively do that like it does not voice her part in this and she is a huge part of this and she is a victim in this situation mm-hmm. and it's just you know I, I that's a bummer to me I we'll have to see for ourselves but yeah so far I don't get the feeling that it's yeah going to I mean, particularly well it's it's it was difficult for me like I definitely think he was wronged and you know in the small quorum uh, whoa small claims court kind of way mm-hmm. but i just don't you know like it doesn't ever no, it doesn't justify someone's yeah. you know and so it's just kind of like hard to watch us like sympathize with him for so long you know um yeah but yeah no so I, I completely agree and hopefully i do think that the like brief glimpse that we got of her you know in the very beginning on uh, jay leno i think it was or some mm-hmm. late night talk mm-hmm. show yeah. where he's asking her those terrible questions and she's just sort of like you know i think that was at least somewhat sympathetic to her you know at least that's the way i interpreted that as like oh god look what we did to her you know and then showing how we got there but it won't land unless the rest of it you know proves that too yeah and i do i do think they're painting her as a likable person for the most part too like i don't i don't think that they're that they're trying to be like oh who cares about her i think that they definitely are trying to set us up to care about what happens to her but I, I, yeah, I just felt kind of like it was so focused on, oh, look how wrong he was, this and that, whatever that, I, I don't know, it kind of wasn't giving me yet the amount of sympathetic vibes toward the actual victim that I right. need. But hopefully it will. It might. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. But give, also given what we've seen so far, forget reading the reviews. I don't have a ton of confidence in that. And it's, it, you know, again, the big sensational thing that we talked about is the puppeted penis thing. And when I read about that, I just, I don't know why I assumed that it would be through pants or at least underwear that this conversation would happen because I guess it's he wrote, Tommy Lee wrote about it in his autobiography and they're like we're gonna do that on screen and I like I love Jason Manzukis and like we're gonna cast him as the voice of Tommy Lee's penis and I was like okay that'll be 
interesting to see. And then I was like, oh, no, we're going to see yeah. that. I had happen. no idea that was something that was even going to happen. And I was I shocked. I had no, and, no clue that was going to happen. And, and I'm, uh, fine, okay. I'm fine with the idea of it because it is something he wrote about. It's just, yeah. It's and it's not even like I couldn't. It's I don't care. The show is mean. It's fine, but the movements and the weird like it was it was uh, completely out of control. Like it didn't make any sense. But like, like the whole moving around as if it's like a. It just was too much. And I was like, this is just have it be like the voice inside his head, and he can keep looking down at his cross and that. But I don't need to see it moving around and do it because it just was. It took it to a place of hokiness that I thought was cheapening the entire thing. Well, in yeah, a way that didn't need to be cheapened. Not only that, I just you know. Not that penises can move in that way of their own accord, as far as we know, as as uh, uh, acrobatically without you know assistance as it did. But it just didn't make sense how it was moving. Like even if let's say it could animate itself to life in that way, it was just like all it was just flopping around like all over the place. I was like, if you're gonna animate this like a character, please animate it like an actual character, right? Yeah, like yeah. if it you're was- gonna go through all of this effort. Yeah, it was clear that you were just doing it for the gimmick, for the laugh. It wasn't right. even trying to, you know, like, like it, something that kind of called to a little bit was, I mean, it's different, but, you know, season two of The Boys, right, where mm-hmm. you see him talking and his gills are talking, whatever. And, and again, but the way they were doing that was at least, you know, I didn't love that either, but it, but it was trying to give you this idea that, like, this is a thing that's really happening. And yeah. I know this was supposed to be more like, this isn't real, it's not really happening, but it just looked so dumb and they kept showing it. They were clearly proud of it. Oh yeah. They kept showing it that it just, it, it just, I, I know I keep saying it over and over, but it just really cheapened the whole thing. And it's not that the whole thing felt super highbrow to begin with, but it, it, it just made it feel like a more of a parody of some, some sorts than it mm. is supposed to, I think. And I just, I don't know. I just thought it was dumb, but you know, it's not the worst show I've ever seen. I, I like I said, I'll probably keep watching it. Yeah. I mean, it's just not my sense of humor. I think it's, prude and gross and you know I mean not to be a prude obviously because um but it just wasn't my thing I mean I'm not saying I don't know if I'll keep going or not I wasn't like super impressed or super intrigued but I didn't hate it either so it just depends I guess on my mood when it pops up on my list of right. things that are you know it, it it feels like a decent background watch I think is what it comes down to mm-hmm. for me because like if you were to not watch that scene and just hear that scene you know, you'd be like, okay, whatever. You know, he's talking to his genitalia. Yeah, but but I I think I I may have been the most excited for it out of the three of us, and I was just like, oh, this is fine. It's fine. Yeah. But I recommended it to a few people just because I was like, oh, if you are completely out of things to watch, this is on television, right? <laughs> yeah. Just no, be I prepared. Don't. Eggplant emoji. Eggplant emoji. Eggplant emoji. <laughs> mouth emoji. You're you're <laughs> <like>, What? <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, I'll probably stick with it. Matt, it sounds like you might consider a few more episodes. Yeah, I'll definitely watch the next one. I am curious to see how it's, I'm assuming the next one will be when, okay, tape is released and we're going to see Pamela's reaction to it happening and I want right. to see how they handle that for sure. All right, well, the uh, the last thing we watched this week was Moonfall, Roland Emmerich's latest masterpiece. <laughs> what did you two think? <laughs> I think Masterpiece is right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, I think greatest film this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing Oscar snub this film because, you know, a film, you know, with this much action in it can't be nominated, but it definitely should be. Agreed. And a, and a sequel, I hope, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I hope. Obviously. I mean, they definitely set one up. So, yeah. um, <laughs> he, so Roland Emmerich definitely is hope for that. Yeah. Although, well, no, I guess he did Independence Day Resurgence. But generally speaking, he's okay about not doing sequels. Probably because everything gets so destroyed in his movies. <laughs> like, how are you yeah, supposed to do usually, But that's what I thought was well, so I, interesting. I was, save the earth but like i'm like what was left like what (laughs) this point like there was like the the moon legitimately crashed into the earth it's surprisingly still in one piece and i was like is it though like i don't know i saw (laughs) so much shit around i don't know everyone you know is dead so um you know the moon goes back to whatever i think we're still fucked you know like, yeah. i don't know yeah let's oh, check science on that like, mm, i think you're right <laughs> i loved all the graphics that in nasa with like of all the things like showing what's happening and i love that like 
it shows like literally this the guy that turns around and he sees the graphic everyone's looking he goes oh the moon is, is like making contact or something it's hitting the earth whatever and it's like showing and i turned to jackie and i was just like is that is that what that graphic means with, with the moon <laughs> scraping its ass across the crust of the earth you think you gotta turn into that that's everything shaking around you it's just like oh is that what just happened oh interesting yeah. or just, just look like, out the window and see the moon right <laughs> yeah i was just like it, it was I have to hand it to Roland Emmerich that <laughs> I will say, uh, and I am very famously not a fan of, of his stuff. Like, I think I can watch it through a new lens now and think it's funny. But I, since I was a child, have thought Independence Day was a piece of crap. And I have been scrutinized for that. I think it's a terrible <laughs> film. And I think now watching it, I could laugh. But back, I just remember everyone was loving it. It was great. It's like this very iconic mm. film. And I think it's terrible. But anyway, it, I think he has the ability to take what I have to assume must be one of the worst scripts ever <laughs> and, and put into a production, like actually greenlit. Like it was, the, it was so spectacularly bad of a script, but man, I was entertained by every minute of this film. Okay. I just was, I was laughing, but I was, I was entertained. It flowed. Well, yeah. And, and he can get people like Halle Berry to make this got and, and you know, and, um, okay. Well, Halle Berry's know. track record of light has not exactly like, been well, Halle Berry you know, one. Yeah, that's true. Um, and like Donald Sutherland, and just like all these people oh, yeah. are in these movies that I am just like, yeah. yeah, like how how do you get them? Like how does anyone sign on to this except for you know what they must be having a great time? You know, everyone's having a great time on this set. I think, I think Donald Sutherland is like the fourth build person <laughs> on this film, and he has one scene. And I was like, you know what? Good for you, Donald. Good for you. <laughs> I really wanted to see him on the moon. I thought he'd be there somehow. I and I know he was implying that he was going to go kill himself or something. I guess, but it was just like I was like, okay, they, Donald has to be in this again, right? Like yes, he couldn't just be in there no, for this one. He, scene. I was like, he's just, clearly going to be done. I thought we were going to go the gunshot though. It was mm, yeah, dark something. Yeah. But it's, it's like I didn't see a body. I didn't. It's like Garza. I was like, I don't see a body. Yeah. And maybe who knows? Maybe the moon like absorbed him from there and scanned him. I and so. It can happen. You never know. <laughs> Did you, you know, feel like this movie was like possibly secretly, not even secretly, like possibly pro QAnon? <laughs> like, <laughs> there are some moments because these, you know, they talk about Q level clearance, which I think is a real thing. But yeah, probably. But I was like, uh, and that, well, that also is clearly pro Elon Musk, which is a very bizarre. Like, <laughs> it's a bizarre thing to be well, doing I right think, now. Yeah. Yes, but I also kind of thought that they were making fun of Elon in some ways. Um, with the references but maybe that's just my own lens of you know just liking him in the beginning i thought it was and then it kept going and i was like oh no i think they actually i really did like though that michael pina gets to play like um a rich guy who gets this gorgeous girl uh and they get to die heroically giving up his oxygen even though they only had to walk like 20 feet and maybe you could share the mask for 20 feet or I don't know, hold your breath for a little minute because apparently the oxygen came right back. You know, I, I don't know why the oxygen left and I don't know how it came back, but you know, it did. It was just also sponsored by Lexus. Like, what a. This was the biggest yeah. Lexus. And also Lenovo. This was the biggest commercial. This is the longest commercial I've ever seen for anything. Well, it was the best Lexus commercial to ever exist. Yes. Well, and they've had well, Lexus. I mean, it went beyond the movie because Lexus has been, has been doing ads that are integrated into Moonfall as well. Like commercials, actual sense. commercials beyond the commercial yeah. of the film. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh! Yes, I was <laughs> like, like it's a huge, I was like, God, this partnership was a big one. This, I think that I mean, partnership, this partnership probably paid made. for this movie. Yeah. yeah, I think it got the film made because I don't know who else would have like, greenlit it. Oh, it uh, well, was, it's also Chinese money. Like, did you see how yeah. many names there were in the beginning? Which, which, ironically, because I was like, oh, I, which I don't have a problem with. Like, the Chinese box office is truly what's actually secretly keeping Hollywood afloat. Not secretly, but. Anytime I see that when a movie starts and I see a bunch of Chinese production companies, I'm like, oh, okay, there's going to be a pro-China angle here because that's just what you get when it, and I was surprised it was as like limited as it was yeah, when they were like, oh, was. our friends in China did this. Cause I was like, oh, okay, well, Kelly Yu's in this, like, that's going to be a, she's going to play a bigger part. Yeah. It, nope. Okay. I, I well, thought she and Halle Berry were lesbians also in the beginning. I was really excited. Me too. I, I, I thought too. that too. So excited. And then it turns out she was just like the au pair or something. Yeah, and I was like, oh, very upsetting. Wasn't there a line even that when they were talking about going and, and 
joining force weren't they going to join forces with like japan or something like that to go up there like it wasn't even uh, china i remember it was no it was the else. european space agency was it european I thought, I thought yeah it was because european. then they said this this was also my notes they, it's the european space agency and then they only sent people like americans up like, yeah. they all had the american patch. i was like how did the european space yeah. agency allow for this to happen were they like we want one of our people on <laughs> all of europe yeah not a single astronaut. But yeah, every plot point, everything was just insane. And I it got to that point where I, I just was like, you have to know this is terrible. But I, I'm I'm not sure that it was totally apparent. And I, I But see those it. are the best terrible films, yeah. honestly. Well, the are. ones where where like they legitimately have heart and soul because the people making it don't realize how terrible it is mm. or they believe their own bullshit or like whatever it is. But they make an entertaining story because someone believes it, right? right. And uh, yeah, but like, Roland they're... Roland Emmerich a hundred percent thought he was making the next two thousand one A Space Odyssey. Like there were so many like <laughs> random like parallels and things being drawn that they were he was trying to touch on. Mm-hmm. It was so clear. And then it, it was weird. I was like, this is just like a weird Kubrick fascination because then, well, it's funny. I don't know that it was intentional, but I leaned over to Jackie when we first saw Patrick Wilson's son and like watching the thing, whatever. And he's like wearing the little red sweater. And I was like, God, is that Danny Torrance, you know, from The Shining? <laughs> he looked just like him in the hair and everything. But then yeah. when they're in that hotel, the hotel has the wallpaper is the carpet from The Shining, like the very <laughs> famous carpet. And I was wow. like, I was like, there's some weird like Kubrick, like weird deep Kubrick cuts in here that I thought was very strange. Until I realized he was trying to I make the space odyssey. I did not notice that at all. But so, question: How full was your theater? We had like four or five people in there. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it? Oh, we went yeah. to it like a two. It's like a two p.m. on a Saturday. Okay. So. Oh, sure. Yeah, because but, so, but I think see the thing is the two of you had each other, right? So I ended up having to see it. I was supposed to go with a friend, and then logistics, and so I ended up seeing it alone. And I was I was the only one laughing at certain things. And then at a certain point, I just stopped laughing out loud because nobody else was. In enjoying it you know but like discussing it now i'm like yes this was even more fun than i thought but coming out of it immediately i was like oh i wanted this to be better worse you know yeah. i wanted it to be just slightly more uh, horrific <laughs> absurd so you just need a buddy to laugh with because it was yeah. you know genuinely yeah. atrocious. atrocious i was just supposed to hear everything uh to do with the au pair and, and uh patrick's son and hallie's son wasn't enough for you i mean it was <laughs> everything about everything that the three of them did was iconic and it I was mean, just and that lexus commercial cultivating into the that lexus like driving and jumping off i mean my it, favorite it just, part oh though is God. is driving from california to colorado and you know takes what do you say like three hours three hours well he was driving yeah. in the mountain or around the mountains he's well, like oh yeah we're in a lexus on turbo mode though it only takes <laughs> that a, we're in, we're in a hummer it was like or whatever it was like <laughs> it was a hummer they it left was like, he's like and it was just like we'll see you when we're a few hundred miles away and it's like no you're not <laughs> yeah, I, my favorite though they could have been somewhere else i guess i i, I just assume we were still in california because it was intercut with watching them still go up in the rocket and so it was like you they, they were watching that take off so right. i don't know and how many they had 28 minutes remember to get yeah. in the shuttle and make this happen and so then that's how you know other guy with ibs gets to go definitely had um a spacesuit from the you know uh before times even you know that didn't have any uh, electronics in it that would fit him but it you know all good and then um, they spend all this time like saying goodbye to their loved ones and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, no, you would be doing pre-flight bullshit. Like, what is happening right now? Well, we watched this like tidal wave come in, right? We watched the helicopter yes. go down in the wave. It's a gravity Those, wave. Well, yeah, gravity I was wave. so sorry. A gravity wave. Science. And then we also watched that just 10 minutes prior, they had just put their children in this car. To drive away, and they're <laughs> well, launching. And they like, start to watch, <laughs> but they're just launching, and they watch. They see the helicopter go get engulfed by this thing, and they're just thinking like they don't even care about their kids anymore. They're just like, oh, they'll make it. It's like, it's it, well, it, 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 driving. Was, they probably would have been fine. Well, and I also just appreciate that like everyone independently for their own reasons just had to get to Colorado. 
it was all just yeah, like, oh, you just, go so just go to Colorado. It'd be fine. It's like, Colorado. okay. That's where everything's fine. Everything is fine in hey, Colorado. Listen, we saw okay. what happened in Colorado. It wasn't fine. <laughs> it wasn't fine. My really favorite was. thing about Colorado was when the woman shoots at them is literally named Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Come on. But it was just, um, yeah. I mean, what a treat. I just, I thought I, it was just hysterical. I love that they all like, thought they were going to come home after this mission like they thought well, somehow the moon dropped them off right where they needed to go I mean, so it was kind of great was- no it worked out fine but apparently no one had ever thought like like i love that in an, all of his like i can't i need people to believe that this is an artificial you know the moon's artificial and i forget what his like science was called um, um a, su- a super structure a super- or something like that superstructurist or whatever yeah, yeah. And he was very like into this. No one ever thought to think about like why someone built it and like what it was there for. Well, no, one person did, and it's the dude who talks about crops. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right. The yeah. thing is, is like, right. <laughs> I just love that, like you know, obviously, okay, Patrick Wilson didn't get believed before. Okay, cool. And then we have cams, and we see this alien technology or whatever. Like we see it attack the people. And still, including Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry's characters, nobody believes this man who who knew who predicted all this was going to happen, who saw it happening. No one. It's too out there to believe about his megastructure theory. It's like way yeah. too out there. But like everything else has proven to be true and crazy and beyond anything yeah. we ever knew to exist. But they cannot. That's too far. And Patrick Wilson, then when he's like, "Well, I know what it's like to be when people think you're crazy," but I'm like, "Yeah, well, you keep telling him he's crazy." So. You're trying to relate to him right now, but you're actually being really mean to this. You're kid. part of the problem, you're, sir. You are the problem. And, you know, and so it just was so like none of it made sense. Like no character motivations made sense to me at all. Except for John Bradley, to his credit, Samuel Tarley. He, I think, did the best job in the movie because he was the most committed to the absurdity of it. Like his character had the most clear motivations. <laughs> Of all of them. Logic, zero. But motivations, clear. Trying to save the world. And he did that and has been rewarded by becoming scanned on the moon. And he's so excited about it, too, which I get. But, like, you know, I mean, it's better than being dead, I guess. But, you know. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Debatable. Yeah. It just feels, I don't know. But, yeah, it was interesting. It was... The, the, I, I mean, it went way more into like, I mean, God, when we're watching and we're seeing the civilization, the aliens and this and that, and they, yeah. we're seeing it all and it's going to the origins of life on earth. And all. I was like, you are going so, I mean, this we're getting space, obviously. It's like, you are going so much deeper here than a movie like this is supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but my so. favorite part was like, is like, okay, AI took over and went bad, you know, and, and turned on them. And then they still, and whatever the moon thing is, it's like, I'm a benevolent AI. And I was like, you, you, you're for now you are like, did these yeah. people are nothing? Clearly they deserve to die on their like fancy planet. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And then it's like, we're fighting off this one AI thing, but there's, we saw there are so many others. And so they're bound to find the moon eventually, which I guess is evil. Yeah territory but like we're gonna get into yeah. an all-out space war with because you, you, they strategically show all of those ships in on the moon and so like yeah. those so i was like uh, presumably we're gonna get into an all-out space battle here with these oh, things i can't wait a sequel. yeah and it's, I it's like um moon oh, no. fight yeah instead of moonfall mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. you're welcome roland you can have that for free <laughs> no make him pay you yeah, <laughs> uh yeah but anyway good time i mean you know Turn your brain off. Yeah. Watch it with a friend. Yes. Watch it with a friend is, I think, the top advice for it. Because, like, alone again, it was fine. I laughed. I I would recommend waiting until it's streaming or whatever so you can watch it at home with beverage or, you know, other such enhancers. Yeah. 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 Friend and substance, highly recommended. We were totally sober for it. We were sober and and had a good time. I had a good time, but I could have had, I would have had a, a better, I actually do have plans to watch it someday when it's streaming drunk or something because i do i do 100 percent. yeah i think think that would be necessary it's so funny because like so day after tomorrow is one of those movies that i will watch anytime it's on television and i do have to wonder will this become it's it's one of those weird things right it's just it it was at the right place at the right time i knew it was terrible we saw it my family saw it in new zealand (laughs) and i think i always watch movies on vacation yeah well we'd also been like stuck with each other for i think weeks at that point and just needed something that was not 
did not require us to speak to each other <laughs> and that we could bond around. And now my sister and I will watch it anytime it's on TV. My um, mom loves that movie. Day After Tomorrow is one of her favorites. Great. She watches it anytime it's on TV also. So I have seen and it's it always on yes. a number of times. My favorite is when the wolves escape the zoo for no apparent reason, just to attack the humans in the mm-hmm. library. Well, so this is basically... The plot of Day After Tomorrow meets a little bit of the core, meets, I guess, a little bit of Apollo 13, and then, or not not Apollo 13, Armageddon meets Godzilla versus Kong, because we've got a hollow superstructure thing. Well, I'm telling you, it meets 2001 Space Odyssey in the the worst way. It meets 2001 Space Odyssey, yes, 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 yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, it is one of those things where I was just like, wow, this is just, it's formula after formula. And I, but you know what? He knows how to make an entertaining film. And he that does. is a skill, you know? Yeah. Wow. His, I didn't realize he did Midway. Didn't he race. do? I think the only movie that I was ever excited, if, if it was him, that I was excited for of his in a real way that really mm-hmm. let me down was, didn't he do 10,000 BC? Yeah. Yeah, I really hated that. But I was like really hopeful because. Yeah, I, was, I saw that I was in theaters. Dinosaurs, but I love dinosaur thing. And then prehistoric time. I just love it all. And I was like, oh, this looks cool. It looked really pretty. And I was like, oh, I can't wait. It was just dreadful. Yeah, it has a 9% <laughs> on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. That's, that's generous. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's, sorry, that's the critics rating. Uh, the, uh, the audience score is 37. Um, but no, the reason I bring up Midway, I didn't see it, but it has a 92% audience score, which is its highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes of audience ones and i'm like well was it good because everything almost everything else is green <laughs> you're like nah i forgot he did the patriot did he really yeah because that's actually I, I mean i haven't seen it in a long time but i remember liking that movie i do too it feels more decent than was it, what J- i feel like jason of. isaac's made that movie because he oh, was the bad yeah. guy in it, right? as he does most things mm. yes. he's such a great villain yeah but then mel gibson's super problematic <laughs> um but I, yeah. but at the time, it didn't. at the time, absolutely, I yeah. completely agree. At the time, it was so. I, yeah, it's like, and I don't fault him for working with him back then. But it's like, yeah, I wish yeah. it could. Be oh, Heath Ledger else. was in it. That's who it was. Yes, he was the son, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what a classic, Moonfall. Yeah. Everyone go see it. No questions asked. Instant classic. <laughs> I'm not gonna say seeing it on IMAX. It's the first IMAX film I've seen in a very long time. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to move back a row because I was like staring. Well, there was a lot to look. It was just like every, oh God, everything was the most. Yeah. You, do you know what Roland Emmerich? I was, you know, Googled him just so I could look at the list of movies and stuff. And he says that superhero and Star Wars films are ruining our industry. <laughs> yes, we need more disaster movies. <laughs> <laughs> Less disaster movies, more of his disaster movies. So his actual quote is a little bit softer than that, of course. Sure. Um, he says, because naturally, Marvel and DC Comics and Star Wars have pretty much taken over. It's ruining our industry a little bit because no one does anything original anymore. As opposed to Moonfall, which yeah. is highly <laughs> original. It's not even derivative of anything else. And- of anything. Uh, we've yeah. never seen anything like it no never not even from him before i think he's mostly upset that they are taking his genre and making them better quality i I mean you have to i'm sure that he owes you know one of those studios credit for improved water destruction effects like yeah sure yeah 100 yeah but all right well moonfall highly recommend i assume from all of us i love this so much though you know you should make bold new movies, you know? And I actually think Christopher Nolan is the master of that. He is someone who can make movies about whatever he wants. I have it a little bit harder, but I also still sort of have a big name, especially when it's disaster as some sort of disaster theme. Anyway, Has he even sorry. tried to make not disaster movies? Well, what I think is about that quote, too, is like, I, Christopher Nolan, not always my taste, but I do commend the fact that like he makes movies for theaters and that he does do whatever he wants or whatever, but... Uh, it's like you're talking about someone who literally made three DC films, but anyway, not even there. Yeah. I um, anyway, sorry. I just, I just, it was really funny that he, you know, and then he also like compares himself to Christopher Nolan, who uh, yeah. I didn't even think about that part of it. Super, you know, Christopher Nolan's not my cup of tea for sure, but I will say that like he makes good, arguably good films, right? And so it's like I don't, yeah, okay. But also in the superhero genre. Yeah, Yeah, he makes good superhero films. 
Oh, Roland. Anyway, that's sorry. So <laughs> no, good old Roland. Just want to give him a hug, you know? Yeah. No. You know. He's doing his All thing. Right. Yes. Well, to wrap things up, uh, what else are we watching? What have we been watching, if anything? Well, actually, I have a couple things. Inspired by uh, uh, Pam and Tommy. Oh, I thought you were going to say Roland Emmerich. <laughs> oh, God. Well, actually, almost. I almost watched Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. But I mean, I watch it frequently, but I almost did because of it. But Pam and Tommy inspired me to watch uh, Barbed Wire for the first time since I was a child. Oh, and, uh, I don't know that I've ever watched it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I have not seen it in its entirety. Oh, I, I highly recommend. Speaking of like superhero <laughs> films, <laughs> highly recommend. And um, Tamara Morrison's in it, and I completely forgot about that. Oh, so like, wow, this is a really full circle moment. A small for me. world, yeah. Yeah, uh, but Pam Anderson and her at her greatest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just a really, really good film. I will, I will say. Love that. Okay. And then I, I watched watch... the Tinder Swindler. Sorry, on Netflix. That was it. Oh, oh I did I watch that. Watch Tinder yeah. Swindler too. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, hmm, I should watch that. And then yeah, I got. I feel it. like anyway. you need to take a like a shot every time he says enemies. He talks about enemies because <laughs> it's all they over talked all time. And like these girls just like and they were total victims. Applaud them for trying to get him caught. All the good, you know, mm-hmm. stuff and whatever. But like, what? Who has enemies anymore? Like, what? What does that mean? People in the diamond business. Yeah, you know. We, do, um, we all saw Uncut Gems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. yeah. Yeah, I watched, let's see, what did I watch? I watched Suspiria for the first time. A Matt showed it to me. Um, yeah. Had a very good time. Enjoyed it pretty thoroughly. Very creepy, but like in, in the way that I enjoy that kind of creepy uh, feel to it. So enjoyed that. It was a good time watching Tilda play several ro- roles in one movie. You know, she's a master. Pretty great. And then yesterday, I actually watched. Oh my god, I'm gonna forget. It was the. It's a. It's in theaters. It was a prequel to a bunch of. Oh, um, the Kingsman. I watched the Kingsman. The first. One oh, one is in the theaters right now. I think it's just literally called the Kingsman. No, so the new one's Kingsman. called the Kingsman. Yeah. Oh, the Kingsman. Which okay. is yes, beautiful. I did. I watched that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, it was. It was okay. It was. It had the problem where, well, at least the problem for me, and I don't know how this stacks up for everyone else, but I thought the action sequences were way too long, and so I got very bored in a lot of them. But the rest of it was pretty decent. Oh, I did, I did not enjoy the Kingsman. I think it's lacking the charm of uh, Kingsman. Yeah, I was really sad because <laughs> I love Kingsman, and I actually really like Kingsman Gold Circle even. I know people don't, but I love that one too, and I, this one didn't even feel like them. so sad. I like the absurdity of the end of Golden Circle. Yeah, Golden Circle was a good time. All right. So I watched, uh, I also watched Tinder Swindler. I found it disappointing, like, or anticlimactic, I think. Oh, oh yeah. Totally. Uh, I'm I feeling just like cooking. disappointed. Like, I was just kind of like, yeah. Oh, so oh, she's just doing I, it again? I'm, like, I have arrested yeah. for five months and now it's whatever. It also just made me sad about online dating. She's like, I'm back yeah, on it's, Tinder. It's I was like, like, after that? Yeah, it's just like breaking up a lot of like, I was just like, well, this is just disappointing and upsetting. But it's not that it was poorly done, but yeah, I, I didn't. I, yeah. I didn't love it. I also watched, uh, there's a show called Abbott Elementary. I think it's on ABC. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and I'd been hearing really good things about it, and I was like, I don't, I haven't, I realized I've not watched in what is it called a network show in a very long time, actually. But I started watching it. It's actually very good. It makes me very sad about the state of public education <laughs> at this point because it's it's basically the Office, uh, but with teachers, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe it's like Parks and Rec, but with teachers. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, I I think some of the characters are very funny. It's very modern. I think you know, there's a lot of like TikTok jokes and all these things. I'm like, I'm just. I think slightly older than the creator and therefore <laughs> yeah. don't quite get, but also it was very disturbing because the kid from everybody hates Chris is in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that guy looks familiar. Like who is he? They realized it's the kid from everybody hates Chris and he's almost 30. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, Oh, you're a fully uh, grown adult now. Oh wow. But you will always be the kid from always uh, Tyler James Williams is his name, yeah. but like you will always just be a, a child in my head. And that's yeah. not your fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, but now you're in a, you're a 30 year old adult, and you're in a show yeah. written by someone clearly younger than me who is more successful. Yeah. And I'm, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I wish her, I'm, I'm happy for her, but I, yeah. wow, it's pretty simple, raw emotions, you know. It does. And then I watched a, a truly terrible film called the uh, called Book of Love on Amazon. Jackie, I'd actually be interested in your thoughts on it, just because it is about a romance writer or an accidental romance writer. <laughs> 
but I also would not want to subject you to it. Oh, I don't know. I've never Sounds heard really of it. Nice. Exactly. There's a reason you haven't heard of it. Hey, both but of you yeah. hadn't heard of Brazen either. That's true. And look what that <laughs> look how that turned out. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's time. I think. Lastly, too, just a little plug to After Party. I'm really loving it. I know we said it last <laughs> week, but I'm really loving After Party. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, oh, watch I just After Party. Even everybody tried it, but I should, I should, I should at least try it. I laugh out loud yeah. genuinely several times every episode. The problem with it, not problem, but I do think you have to watch like the first three as trying it because yeah. I, I think, yeah, you need to get a sense of like the genre swapping. Yeah. Um, I was in an episode one though. I just, I was like, okay, I like this vibe. It just like works for me in a way. But yeah, yeah, it felt good. All right. Well, thank you both. Yes, thank you. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt. And now a quick follow-up point. So yes, Cad Bane is a Duros. He is a bounty hunter. He has a long, long biography, essentially, in the extended universe. He's in the Clone Wars. Uh, he was actually Jango Fett's apprentice, effectively. So lots of history there. Uh, we're not going to go into a ton of details because that's probably its own episode. And also the show seems like it's going to do something with him. And so we'll probably get some backstory or, you know, you can just watch The Clone Wars. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.